I said I'd believe it when I see it, and today I fucking believe it. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse, and ladies and gentlemen, it is here, the Carter Five, as promised. For folks who have, uh, who have gone off with us since the jump, we talked about the Carter Five on the very first episode over four <laughs> years ago. And in that discussion, we were we were talking about the album cover and how at the time it was just kind of rumored and we we ragged on it and said it didn't look very good. And lo and behold, it's the yeah. one they went with. <laughs> I was so I was like, I know we talked about this and I was scrolling through all the episodes and I was like, where the fuck is it? And I just kept going and going, and I was like, holy shit, fucking Mers Day! But you, you, Darren? You! <laughs> First of all, we gotta get this out of the way. <laughs> Look, something else that, uh... <laughs> okay, so, okay. so y'all, I, I just said we've been doing this show for four years, right? I've known you have been working with you on crossover reviews... Uh, longer than that, because we did the, the, uh, 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 the fucking, what can I think of his name? Petey Pablo. We did fucking Petey Pablo. Oh, yeah. And all that shit. We go way back. And apparently, <laughs> I've been pronouncing your name wrong for the better half of a decade. <laughs> I think I've just been letting it slide because, like, so many people do get it wrong, but it is actually Darren. Darren. Wow. Wow, this is a fucking Berenstain Bears moment right now. This is blowing my fucking mind, but okay, good. For future reference, Darren, you had an interesting run-in with a friend of the show, uh, someone we've had on uh, twice in the past. You fucking, uh, you met Open Mike Eagle. Yeah, uh, so, you know, I was uh, going around on Facebook and a friend of mine invited me to a concert that was going on in D.C. You know, uh, Open Mike Eagle is going to be performing. I was like, holy shit. Like, and I know they didn't know. Like, they were just like, hey, here's just a concert you can hear about. And I was like, oh, my God. Why didn't I hear about this? And then I uh, I hit him up on Twitter. And I was like, yo, dude, I got to go to your concert or something like that. And he was like, come through. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I rushed and got some tickets as soon as I could. And went down there, you know, chilled, you know, in D.C., got some pizza, you know, uh, went to and Pizza, you know, you know, you gotta go by there. Okay, so first off, it's at this place called Songbird, and they had, like, a karaoke night going that night. It was a Thursday. The mic was real nice, the lighting was real nice, you know, <laughs> couple of cute girls there, you know, that she's trying to impress, you know, so like, alright, boom, I'm gonna get on the mic. <laughs> and I did Redbone. And forgot about Dre. And, like, both of them was like, yo, I ain't trying to brag. I don't mean to boast. <laughs> <laughs> but you like hot butter on your breakfast toast. <laughs> but your boy it represented. <laughs> In rap and singing. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, as, I, as I pull my JJ and, like, you know, uh, uh, preen my mustache, like, well, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, I performed those two songs. It was fun as hell. I uh, met a whole bunch of cool people trying to uh, catch up with and uh, 
chill with, you know. Oh, yeah, so after that, we went to the concert, and we went down there, and yo, man, the, the show was just as crazy. as it, Look, I, I, I just want to say this right now. Like, y'all go see Open Mike Eagle if you can, man. His show is so fucking fun. Like, his, his dude, Video Dave, just comes out and just starts talking. Like, he's just like, I have nothing planned. I, there's a couple of videos that I'm going to show it to. It's like, it really does feel like that, like, strange adult swim humor, like, but live. And it's like this crazy commercials that they had recorded from their childhoods. This is like a commercial that I used to see all the time in grade school. And it was like... Bigsby the Eagle, and he lands on top of your car and tells you about car insurance rates for this one company. And like, <laughs> but his name was like, his name was like, uh, uh, there was this weird thing he would just say like, hey, I've got something for you. And he would squat and poop out an egg. <laughs> and it would just be like, I, or, or what? Like, I'm trying not to uh, get it confused, because there was something about the fact that it was an eagle, but, like, maybe it might have been called Michael the Eagle, but the point is, it was an eagle, and the fact was that Open Mike Eagle's real name is Michael Eagle, so, like, kids in grade school would come up to him all the time and just be like, hey, I've got something for you! <laughs> And that's how we started it. It's like, and that's why I am the way I am today. Let's start the show. <laughs> and then, like, I had a moment of pride, right? Because, like, you know, I was chilling. You know, okay, so you have that moment where you're like, okay, I, like, I've talked to this guy before and I've never seen him. So should I do the cool thing and be like, nah, man, I don't even need to try to give him that like that, man. Like, it's just cool, you know, chill the back. Or should I be like, yo, it's me, it's the record, I got the guy, I did the thing, and then, you know, uh, so I decided to just like chill. And, uh, well, of course I'm in the front just cause, you know, I just gotta be in the front. That's just, that's just how I feel. I mean, unless like a, a cute shorter girl is like, Hey, can I get ready? I'm like, Oh, of course. Um, I, I was just going to say, you're like a good two feet taller than me, or at least it feels that way. You fucking better yeah. let some short people in front of you. <laughs> and then like, so I just watched the show and then like, he puts out his hand to me and he's like, uh, and I was like, Oh shit, he remembers me. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and then, like, and, and but then I was thinking, like, nah, but it might just be because he's, like, you know, just dapping someone up, like, whatever. Like, ah, I don't want to get too gassed by it. But then afterwards, he told me, he was like, uh, I actually love your show and I watch it and, like, I like what you guys are doing, like, you know, for criticism on YouTube and stuff like that. And I was like, holy shit! Like, an artist just gave me a compliment, like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like our show's all about. It. Wow. Yeah, like, our show's all about, like, you know, giving praise to other artists and, like, it's cool to see someone, like, give that back, you know, that give that energy back. Um, and then I was talking to his, uh, his friend, uh, Video Dave afterwards and he was just talking about, like, you know, the thing about Open Mike Eagle is it's like, he's seeing all this success now and it's like, the only difference between him and anyone else is that he just kept doing it. He kept doing what he wanted to do and it's just like, it's as simple as that, like, if you have something that you want to do, just keep doing it. Have that continue with that spark inside of you that keeps you, you know, creating that art. You know what I mean? He's not, like, he is a special dude. You know, it's like, that's his dude, so you got to big him up, you know? It's like, he is a special dude, but it's like the only difference between him and the and anyone else trying to do it is persistence, you know? And it's like, it's so fucking true, man. This week, 
going in chronological order, we're going with Young Sinatra 4. Y-S-I-V. Besides the other two albums we reviewed for the podcast, I haven't really done too much listening to Logic. The only two I've ever listened to were uh, Everybody from last year and, uh, what, The Incredible True Story or whatever it was called. Oh, man, um, I forgot. Oh, man, we've done two, yeah. We've done two already. Uh, one a Patreon request, and I think the other two were when they were new releases. Uh, spoiler, this is my favorite of the three. I like, first of all, I'm just going to say what I like. I like what isn't here. I like that it starts with clips of characters talking about, oh, we got to listen to that new Logic album or whatever, and then you never hear from them again. Can I give the biggest Homer Simpson boo to the to the intro of the character saying, oh, uh, on the last album, the one right before this one, oh, this is going to be his last album ever. Get ready. And then on this album, the conversation continues. What are you talking about his last album? He put out a whole bunch of albums after this one. What are you talking about? He's like, oh, sorry, I meant the last album on the Young Sinatra series. Ah, ah, ah. It's just like... Boo! Who 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 would say that? Who says that? Oh, this is this is the last episode. Oh, I meant of this season. Like, well, then it's not the last episode, motherfucker. What are you talking about? No one says that. No, no. It, it would be specifically as if they said, like, uh, all right, we're putting in the next episode. This is the last episode they ever made. Well, I mean that year, of course. You know, they made a couple more episodes of the year. That it's like, well, no one talks like that. And this shit doesn't need that. Especially, like I said, if you never come back to these characters, you don't need that shit. Honestly. That shit can be left off entirely. But the first track is full of shit that probably could have been oh left off. Oh my god! From 3.15 to 6.30. Oh boy. And even then, honestly, after that, he doesn't really do too much. Nothing but just phone calls of people saying, Hey, Logic, you're the greatest person ever. Hey, Logic, you're awesome. Hey, Logic, you're the greatest... Oh, man, I don't need to hear this. Like, I'm sure this is great for the, you know, 48 people that were sampled here. And this is, you know, great for them for the rest of their lives. But, like... There was that Flatbush Zombies album that pulled this shit on the last track. Yeah, and I get the sentiment of, like, oh, I put putting my fans first, you know? But it's just, like... Man, there's more than your fans. There's more than just your tightest, tightest, tightest 48 fans listening to you, man. Excuse me, the Rat Pack. Oh. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, no. And then I saw the link, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) See, I will say, though, that is very considerate to get the cheesy little intro and the fan phone calls out of the way. So if you just want to skip that first track altogether... You can just jump right in with Everybody Dies, and you're honestly not missing that much, because Thank You, at its core, is just kind of a decent track, really. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. I hate albums that I like with bad intros. Oh, uh, <laughs> right? Know? It's like, I- ignore that. Just g- give it a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to completely go ahead and admit my ignorance on this one. So is Young Sinatra the whole kind of thing that it's like throwback boom bap shit? I think so. I'm going to guess that that that's kind of the thing because that kind of comes and goes throughout most of the album. But it's uh, 
It seems to be a trait of the album that he insists. Yeah, boom bap jazz rap sort of joints. You know? Yeah, he makes it a point to let you know that hey, this is gonna be some boom bap shit, and that starts right with the first track, and he even gives a fucking uh, new job as name drop. Yeah, but I don't think he says his name right. He says Nujabez or something N- like Nujibez. that. Nujabez. Yeah, he had me wondering. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait. Did you, did we say it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> did Darren? Darren? Nujabez? <laughs> Nujabez? Uh, who fucking knows? Look at uh, you. What's wrong with you? How you been fucking it up this whole time? <laughs> you know, I will say, um, and I've criticized tracks like this before. He says, uh, I, I wrote this song on the jet because I feel like I haven't made it yet. This totally feels like a... I haven't felt like I made it yet song. And that that happened that comes up a lot and there's nothing wrong with thanking your fans and all that, but I I don't know. Something about it is like a pet peeve for me when it comes up like a lot. Like dude, you fucking you like performed at award shows and all this and he's still trying to play up this like Hey man, it's just me and my pack, and like that's admirable, but I don't know. I don't think it needs to come up in the songs that much. Like, like just, stop, just fucking rap stop about acting it. like you haven't done a lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> How about that? Rap about shit. Quit rapping about your fans. Rap about shit. That's interesting because honestly, for the first like three or so songs, they're all just kind of decent. But Ooh. he isn't oh, really okay. saying much. Like, he, okay. like, it's fine. He's rapping. You know, he's rapping his fucking ass off. But, you know, it's like brag rap shit for like three songs in a row. Dang, dude. Like, I gotta say, I disagree. With what? With, with which one? I thought, I thought them tracks was fucking fire, boy. They're not the best on the album. Okay. <clears throat> I will say, the line where he says... How nice would that shit be? My life a catastrophe. Now my shit a masterpiece. No limit. Like. Oh. You fucking know. He fucking. Oh, I didn't catch that. Uh, no. Retire it. We gotta fucking retire it. Oh my God. Start a fucking petition. <laughs> One thing I thought was funny. At the end of Thank You. He wraps it up by saying. Peace, love, positivity. And then the very next track starts with him going, yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> like, it comes up on the Lil Wayne album, too, but we'll get to that. The the kind of sort of contradictions. Because, like, if, if you're that dude, right? If you're the peace, love, positivity dude, why on, like, three songs on this album are you shitting on mumble rap? That did kind of surprise me. I was like, oh, hmm. Alright. I didn't think he was that dude to do that. Like, Eminem, yeah, I'm not, not surprised. Like, but. Yeah, like, Jordan Lucas, I'm not surprised. You know? Nah, yeah, I'll give him that. But, like, Logic, <laughs> Logic is the fucking man of the people, right? So when he's like, fuck what you're listening to. On one of the tracks, like, I don't want any beef with any of you rappers. I love you guys. I just want to hear your music. I'm like, but then, okay. but then later he says, "Fucking, we gotta make rap great again." A fucking Trump line, and then he goes into like, "They don't care about anything but the money." It's like, I don't know if it's that line from that Black album or or not that kind of put it into perspective of the of the fucking Young Thug track, uh-huh. where he was saying like, 
you know, oh, yeah. I don't listen to this shit all the time, but, you know, it's nice to listen to sometimes. It, it gives me a little escape. I don't know, like, I mean, as someone who used to do it a lot in the videos I used to make, I feel like shitting on people for their taste in music is, is kind of shitty. Like, everyone likes different shit, so when you specifically attack mumble rap, there's probably a good bit of your audience that's like, hey man, fuck you, I like that shit. I feel like I look at it like this. There's hierarchies to everything, and I feel like that includes mumble rap, right? Like, because when I rip on someone, it's just like, no, that was a bad song because you wrote bad lyrics. I'm not saying the entire genre is bad, I'm saying specifically, like, that was really lazy. And you can say that because of the simplicity of the genre of quote-unquote mumble rap, you could say it's easier to do and therefore easier to make shitty. But at the same time, you know, someone could also say that about rap versus being a singer. You know, because singing, uh, because rapping is easier on your vocal cords, you know, oh, yeah, it can't be as good to do. It's like, no, it's stretching that talent in another way in the the imagery of the words instead of the reliance on the voice to deliver part of the story. Actually, I want to contest you, though, because I think that this... I actually... I thoroughly enjoyed this album, like, very positively, like, I might be throwing money down for this type of shit. Really? Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, I love his attention to certain ideas and the way he expands upon them. Uh, when he says, like, you can't take money with you when you die, so spin it and don't look back at it like an addict in recovery, but also don't blow it. You know, don't be a coward, but don't be too heroic. Live your life to the fullest. Don't push it to pull it. Don't murder others because you disagree with their beliefs. We all the same underneath. I had some shit I had to get off my chest in the first verse. And then he goes into, like, he says, do what you love, do what you love. And then you hear in the background, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And it's like, it starts going back and over each other. And in the background, he's like, yeah, that's society. That's society saying, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> oh my like, oh, god! Like that was so cool. Like just that fun little, just the way the the flow like dissolved into that happening. I was like, oh my god, that's really interesting. It's like break free from the cycle. You know, don't be scared to walk like Michael on the moon. I was like, oh shit, okay. You know, and he was saying like, I'm already knowing that I'm gonna. He says like, you know, you're gonna die one day. I'm already knowing I'm gonna die one day. Uh, god already set the date, so live your life, live your life. Yeah, you live it. That's a bet. Cause if you ain't fulfilled in the end, you're gonna be fulfilled with regret there is so much good sentiment just being delivered here that i think people really need to like appreciate life more like like this this album has like a purpose you know what i mean it it, it, i feel like the last album was i'm going to make you feel emotions so badly and it's like this one was finally like let me actually do it I, I like that this album, it has a purpose, but what I like about it is that it doesn't feel like they were trying. Yes! This feels so effortless. He just fucking had fun. Exactly! Yeah, there's a lot of fun being had, and it's like, you know what? I'm feeling good. I want everyone listening to this to feel good, too. And, you know, it's funny. On the last album, he actually said, like, hey, man, I'm not usually a political guy, but, you know, I'm going to do my best on this album. And it's like, it kind of falls flat when he just says what he wants to say and lets the topics come as they come. You know, it's a much more um, uh, organic and enjoyable experience, I feel. For most of the album, I ranked the songs kind of middle of the road for the most part, but... Um, songs I ranked higher are, um... Please tell me one day. 
Uh, one day was kind of there, but not not quite. I got dude. Uh, that shit sound like something straight out the eighties, dude. We'll get to one day. Um, uh, hundred miles and running. I I gave that mm. one a very strong rating. Loved uh, it. Street Dreams two. I really liked that one. Uh, Legacy. I liked that one. Mm. Iconic. For what it was, I really liked Last Call. I don't know how you're going to feel about that one, but I like that one. Yes, I definitely enjoyed that one. And uh, I loved how he just went in and out of rhyming and telling yeah, the story. See, when we were talking about how people do those outro songs and they do the I want to thank everybody under the fucking moon. And it's it's just boring because it's a list. It's like, I know, like, you care about these people, but I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> but when logic actually tells you fucking stories about yes. the people and lets you know who they are, why they're important, what impact they had on his career, it's like, oh shit, yeah, man, th- thanks, whoever. You know, you obviously had a really big stake in this. And especially how, yeah, like you said, he goes in and out of rapping in the song, so it's not just it's it's not just him talking. It's kinda it's kinda half and half. And I'm just gonna go ahead and ask you this. Is it cheating? Was <laughs> was Wu was Wu Tang Forever just cheating? Yep, but I am totally fine with it. I'm I'm all about it, bro. <laughs> that logic just basically said Woo. on a logic album. He's he's barely gonna do shit. I don't even know if he was on it. Was he even on yeah, that song? You're right. He had the weakest verse out of all these motherfuckers. <laughs> and and then proceeds to give you the song that we wanted on that Saga Continues ah! album. <laughs> they should have just deleted his verse and been like, "This is Triumph 2. There it is. <laughs> because he gives you everybody under the fucking sun and. Oh and my God. for oh the my fucking God. smart marks, he gives you a member of the group who was there at the beginning. Woo! What? Oh, What's that? Shit! When I fucking saw his name and I didn't recognize oh him right away, God. I was like, I was like, oh, is that like ODB's son? Because he got the representation of ODB on there. And then I read into it. And I was like, oh, fuck, he was a founding member. Oh, That's, my man. That is sick. Dude, that will forever have my fucking respect. Like, Oof. holy shit. That, that was it. That was the, um, when movie directors put in certain cameos, it's like, oh, uh, that's just there to get the cheap points. But you know what? If you know the reference, though, those is a good place to get, though. <laughs> like, that was this whole song. Like, yeah, I know it's cheating, but yo, they brought their fucking A game, even Cappadonna. <laughs> I can't your boy, even your boy came through. Dude, he wasn't slipping over the tracks. No, it was yo, dude came correct. <laughs> what are you saying? I said uh, Oh shit, if I get it on scroll back, hold on. Another day in the life for us to be grateful. Spread love, homie, yeah, get a plate full. It's better to stay full, so let's make moves. I know your mama told you that I was a great dude, but these dirty ass cops that kill you and rape you on some Jason shit. My crystal in the lake you what what? They might crystal in the lake you <laughs> <laughs> Like the repetition for emphasis was just like <laughs> I just couldn't take it. The fucking checklist, dude. RZA, Jizza, Method Man, Ghostface, You God, Inspected ah. Deck, Capadonna. Like, oh holy God. shit, man. 
and all of the amazing ver and then of course your boy Jizza comes through with the shortest but you know uh, yeah <laughs> still awesome verse but i think dude your boy method man i think he stole it once again when he said go back homie when rappers used to be lyrical when nine out of ten of his friends used to be criminals the stats homie all of these killers using subliminals y'all don't even smile on your pictures you dudes is miserable (laughs) 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 just just the sort of like i love that he just like clown a whole like swath of people who do the like I'm too cool to ever smile in pictures <laughs> it's just like why why are you looking miserable <laughs> what's your problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh no what I love uh, what I really love about this album it really does like that line I know that was just him having fun but that really does like encapsulate the whole spirit of this album of just like oh man what are you doing over there not having fun come over hang out with us and fucking we're chilling and hanging out we got the fucking legends here we got the young cats here dude we're just having a good fucking time I loved it I absolutely fucking I'm sorry, man. I couldn't. This was one of those. I can't keep the smile off my face as I'm listening to this Joyce, man. I I texted you while I was listening to it, and I knew you were losing your fucking mind because (laughs) I I make it a habit. I try not to look at the track at like at the features because I like when someone just kind of pops up and it's like, oh shit, like it's a nice little surprise. So when every member just kept popping up, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I did not know they were all going to be there. So when they all fucking showed up, it was like, all right, so you're not willing to do it for a mixtape, but you'll do it for fucking logic. (laughs) Dude, All right, this was what the Wu-Tang Forever song on Drake's album should have been. No, but I didn't dislike any song on this album. I just thought some... Uh, some weren't as strong as others. Ordinary, Ordinary Day was definitely, like, more down-tempo, but after a hundred miles and running in the joint before, like, I don't know, man. One Day, for what it is, with Ryan Tedder of One Republic, I always get that confused with, um, Imagine Dragons, for whatever reason. I really liked that one. It was, like, it was fun and playful, I like Ryan just chanting one day in the background. Like, a lot of, like, I like the songs on the album. I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. I liked the songs on the album that didn't have the boom bap beats as much Hmm. because the one downside of a boom bap beat I noticed is that they tend to get a little samey. Yeah, okay. Like, they fucking run together and don't sound very different like glorious five didn't sound much different than the return or everyone dies they basically kind of had a very similar beat Mm. um so while i appreciated and liked what logic was bringing to the table and his rhyming and his speed rapping which i was impressed with on this album yeah i liked when it showed up Um, yeah he he didn't drill it into the ground i liked that a hundred miles of running. The, I remembering what I loved about that one. I loved how like there were parts where he was repeating things, but then it was like it was clear that it was like, oh, he's just freestyling. He's just fucking having a good time. We're just along for the ride. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, under under normal circumstances, that gotta survive. You gotta survive. That would drive me crazy. But right? it worked on this one, and I was like, no, I'll let it go. It's fine. <laughs> you do you. I'm loving this. And fucking Wale. 
Oh, he man. was nice on the track too, and the fucking horns. Yes, oh! the way they just started. The, it sounded like. Have you seen that Disenchanted show? By oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. due to the future, it kind of sounded like that music, and I was like, "Yo, did they get uh, your boy Devo back up in here?" <laughs> it it kind of reminded me of a '90s track, but like definitely like pumped up, especially when you know when the the music really starts sounding interesting and baroque and shit. Oh um, yeah, and then oh. like it, and so it was like with how much was going on in that song and how cool it was, the fact that Ordinary Day was a lot simpler and you know less. Uh, less complex it really felt like the release after that song so (laughs) i was like oh okay like you kind of need sort of tracks like this (laughs) and 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 it still kind of had like a a faster beat than usual Mm -hmm. um i liked highly uh hayley steinfeld even though i thought she was criminally underused i do feel like logic has grown into his voice and does have a more because I remember the, my complaint on one of the last albums was like, you just sound like Kendrick at certain points. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But on this album, I totally feel like he sounds like he's coming into his own and what he wants to do and the type of energy he wants to give out. I loved how he was throwing it back. This run really is one of those, God damn it! like, this is so cheat, Cody. You know, uh, uh, YSIV. Fucking shouting out legends. When he And then when he turns it into, like, the uh so you know how Nas did Got Yourself a Gun where it's about him being a gun and oh, then yeah. he flips this shit into being about like money, you know, and how oh man, I love the way he did that shit. I was like, okay. He had the nice little switch up halfway through too that it was like yeah. it just kinda happened and he just kept going. Oh I really liked that. It was also a kind of uh Mac Miller tribute track. Yes. Um, he opens it up with the uh, R.P. Mac Miller, and then out the outro is like, Mac Miller's the reason I'm doing the Young Sinatra shit. It was fucking me yeah. and him fucking digging in crates, listening to old beats, and that's what inspired me to do this. And I was like, shit, man. That's really cool. Like, that that's one of the more personal tributes I heard yes. uh, to Mac Miller since he, uh, since he had passed away. I really appreciated that. Street Dreams. That was really fun. That was a fucking fun one. Telling a little story that's way out of character for him because it is supposed to be like like a dream. But he's, you know, he's supposed to be the director. He's supposed to be Bobby Tarantino, you know? Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I dug it. I, I loved how he fucked up something else. And that ended up screwing up everything. Like, you know, his wife gets kidnapped and he's trying to get her back. And then, like, just because someone else misconstrues that he's trying to rob someplace, like, that makes everything worse. And so now, like, he was trying to get his wife back. And now, because of this other situation that could have completely been avoided if one dude hadn't seen his gun, you know, now now the whole night is even worse. Like, I loved that type of detail happening in the story, you know? There were a couple tracks that didn't hit me as hard. Uh, the Glorious Five was kind of middle of the road for me, and so was uh, The Adventures of Stony Bob. I thought that was just like a chill out track. You, you know what, actually? His verse, his first verse was so long, it kind of felt like his own full song. But the other two guys, when they did come in, like, first of all, the second dude was just sloppy. The third dude was the big limbo guy. He's the shit talker. He's the dude who always talks shit. And this felt like such a, yeah, middle of the road, just common verse. I was like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be the dude that talks shit. Why are you sounding like just like some average run-of-the-mill dude on your rap verse, you know? Legacy, I thought he did much better 
with this. I I know we've talked about this. The uh, the the one trope is the I'm on the road and I miss my family hmm. song. Oh, uh, with this one he kind of because he he did that on the Glorious Five a little bit. He was like, I want to be the father I didn't have, and that's kind of a trope yeah. in rap too. But that was a it was a beautiful moment the way that they revealed it. In Legacy, the story is. Uh, what's more important, how you're going to be remembered through your music or how your family is going to remember you. And that's a really good mm-hmm. twist on the spending more time with what, like spending more time at home with your family or spending more time on the road. That was a really great way to approach that that I haven't heard recently. Overall, what would you give Young Sinatra for? I would give it a four and a half. I came out with an average of a 3.75, but I'm going to bump that up to a 4. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I see value in getting this album, for sure. Now, unfortunately, like, that still doesn't change my opinion of his other shit. Like, is it just that I should be listening to the Young Sinatra albums? Dude, fucking maybe. (laughs) We have a winner. Our next album is The Carter Five. Long awaited. The legendary vaporware, you know, right next there with, uh, with Detox. This album started out really good, ended really good. Man, it got really shitty in the middle. Ooh. Okay, Ooh, we're gonna have to. Boy, oh boy, we might have a war of words going on right here now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say this because it opens again with, with like a kind of talking intro. It's, uh, it's Lil Wayne's mom leaving him a message, uh, saying how proud of him she is, which is nice. How she's looking forward to the album, Mama, love you. I can't wait for your album to come out because everyone asking about it, and I know it's gonna be a beautiful album. Man, th- there's times in this album where I'm like. I, I, I don't know if I'd really call this beautiful album, but yeah, maybe at points. Um, maybe Wayne didn't have his mom listen to the whole thing. You know, I always wonder about stuff like that, where it's just like, I'm the, the frail old grandma, and I really love that what you're doing. And it's just like, did you hear the part where he said he's going to fuck the bitch and then leave his kids on her face? Like, what was <laughs> You know, like, was that like, oh, oh man, my Lil Wayne has always been a character. Like, <laughs> like if so, dude, if so, your grandma's got, like, the best sense of humor ever. But, yeah, like, <laughs> she's the shit. Um, Don't Cry, uh, featuring Triple X. First listening to it, I was kind of in that, man... You're not gonna fucking get tears out of me. Yeah, the the sweet old little old lady on the intro, and then you have this dead artist on the first song. Then no, don't you try to milk those sympathy points. And then as Wayne started fucking rapping and unleashing the shit that he's been conjuring up for the last, the better part of half a fucking decade, dude, holy god, I was like, I. Like, the tidal wave. Like, everything that I've always expected Lil Wayne, that I've always... It's the potential that you always saw in Yeah, and it's like, if someone could just get him to focus 
on really spread like splaying out the topic you got the story you got the lyricism just mix them together to be this potent just undeniable classic and oh my fucking god did he deliver i really liked wayne i thought the verses were strong as shit i'm not just saying this i wasn't here for that triple x chorus you know that's that's sour as fuck don't cry like that that was such a turnoff and i hated it and i get it it's it's supposed to work with the emotion but it fucking ruined it like that song was so fucking good it was a great way to start that ruined it i like i couldn't listen to that song again because triple x fucking uh i just hated that chorus it sounded so bad I completely understand what you mean. Like, the first time the chorus happened. But when it happened the second time, and you kind of got that feeling of actually crying, it was just like, Uh, damn. ah, Dude, I'm just going to have to agree to disagree. Like, Like I said, the first time hearing it, I understand. But it's just like, the way the music and lyrics work to paint the picture, it just colors the wine in a way that, like, ah. I definitely get the, uh, the reasoning behind it. it it just didn't mm. it didn't click with me dedicate though man dude two chains of Lil Wayne it's just a winning combination <laughs> even if you have a weird pitch shifted effect on two chains to the point where it doesn't even sound like him <laughs> it still works that was like slim thug or something I, I thought it was like um who's that dude uh the dude who did the first verse on Snoop tipping on four woes, revved in four woes. Remember that guy? Not Mike Jones, but the first dude. You don't remember the You know, Mike Jones, who? Mike Jones, the one and only, you can't clone me. Got a lot of friends and a lot of phonies. Uh, yeah, Slim Thug. Slim Thug. That's who it was. Yeah, I was right. But, uh, yeah, man. Oh, my God. And, like, this album goes from being just the dark depths of just, like, you know, depression and all that horrible shit to, like, the celebration of oneself in the face of that, you know, uh, uh hatred and, and, and looking at the world and seeing only, like, death and destruction. You know what I mean? Like, the brags just feel, like, so triumphant after we go to those dark depths, you know? It's insane. Like, dude, this fucking album is artistic in a way that's blowing my fucking mind. Oh, shit! Oh, my God! Oh, shit! Uproar! Dude, this man just knows how to tell a story about robbing motherfuckers. Like... (laughs) What is this? Uh, Oh, my God, I gotta fucking get to the lyric. Wait a minute. While you're looking for it, I just wanted to point out how Lil Wayne kind of lets you know how long it's been since his last album that he finally got around to using that Obama sample. Yeah! <laughs> like, you, he's been sitting Ooh. on that one for a while. You can't while. just use that for any old album. <laughs> <laughs> like, he could have put that on that fucking mixtape we reviewed, but no, no, no. It's gotta be on the Carter. <laughs> Man! Puff, puff, bro. I'll huff, though. Yellow diamonds up close. Catch a sunstroke at your front door with a gunstone. Knock, knock. Who's there? Is how it won't go. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Look, Wayne can be funny as shit. For real. Man. He's so goddamn clever. And just like when he fucking has like a story he wants to tell 
It's so goddamn funny. That one was like... That, that was it was like brag rappy but it had more wordplay in it than i'm yeah. used to and i really liked that one the beat was cool it was like a throwback 90s shit yeah it was catchy and fucking dancey and he's robbing me. <laughs> <It was> like- <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be quite something to, to get robbed by lil wayne like hey it's your little- <laughs> like like you can't hide like you've got a very distinctive voice bro you got a very distinctive voice. You got a very distinctive face, and the whole time and it's a very like, distinctive height. If I could just throw that. In oh there. yeah, and it's like you, you. I know you don't need my money, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're good, but all right. <laughs> okay, so let it. F- oh my god, dude. So let it fly. Mm. Dope for the most part. Until you get to the points where you see him sort of circling around a rhyme and trying to find something that works. It was like lyrical boxing and, you know, a line missed, but more lines hit, you know. But then he goes like, he goes like, but front line, you cross the line and you better know your lines. And if you're getting out of line, I hang you with a closed line, with an open line, I keep you stanky hoeing line. You know the line is a thin line. I know you know the line. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, stop, stop. I feel like he did that a couple of times on the album and it's like... Okay, okay. Reel it in. <laughs> I know where you're going. You're bad a thousand. Come on now, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind it too, too much just because I like the overall feel of it. But yeah, like, that was a bit like... <laughs> oh, but there was one time where he twisted it back on you. Where he says, back to the block where they got more rock fans than a fucking rock band under a rock man. We need Barack, man. I do what I can to keep it solid as a... You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I was like, yo! <laughs> I love subversion like that. But uh, we can't just we can't just skip over Mona Lisa. Well, we're not there yet either, are we? Uh, let me see. We're skipping... What have we skipped? Well, can't be broken. Can't be broken in Dark Side of the Moon, which were, which were, which were both great tracks, I, I thought. I thought they were both incredible tracks. Dark Side of the Moon, where this motherfucker takes it to that parliament territory of like... We're going to make more than just a love song. We're going to make it about fucking space and shit. Love and, and space. <laughs> oh, my God. When, it, when you just hear the line, as I wipe the stars off the windows on my spaceship, I was just like, oh, shit, we're for a good time. Buckle up, kids. <laughs> and and has Wayne ever been, like, this abstract and, like, using no. metaphors? Like, this was such a surprise. It's always been like he's hitting up right against the door of something super creative. It's uh. always like he like with the paint song, like he uses paint and sort of like metaphor, but he never like uses it to really put you, drop you into the moment like he does here. Oh man, I can't say enough good things about Dark Side of the Moon. But then you see Mona Lisa. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I gotta, I gotta give him credit of like a really great use of uh, Nicki Minaj feature. Yes. Nikki singing on this one sounded great. Absolutely perfect. Her verse was great. Perfect. And <laughs> and then during the choruses where it almost becomes like a little duet at times. Oh my god. Dude, I have never wanted to hear Lil Wayne sing more than on this album. Oh. Yeah, he he was fucking doing it right on this one. I gotta give it to him on that one. This was the rock album that he should have fucking really. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo! Put put the prom queen in the trash. 
Oh man, when he he has one lyric on Can't Be Broken. You saw the news today, got news to break and rules to break. It hurts to say they want to get a little tune to break, but it's worth the wait, commercial break. And then like, he cuts to the chorus. I was like, oh shit. And it was like, and I'm trying to wait too. <laughs> I'm ready, you know, I'm willing to take that. I'm willing to, you know, let the, the 30 second ad go by. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But now, yes, finally, Mona Lisa. <laughs> Dude. Wow! <laughs> Holy shit! This might be one of the best songs of all time. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's definitely one of the best. It's definitely the best on the album. This is one of the best songs of all time. I'm not fucking with you. <laughs> like, you expect it to just be just another, you know, oh yeah, he kind of rapped about like stealing from dudes before, so yeah, this is gonna be another song like that. And then you're like, oh, it's a story. Oh, wait, like Kendrick introduces it, and then Lil Wayne's rapping, he tells this story that's so fucking complex about betrayal and all this shit. It's like all the, the storytelling, like, beats that you wanted to get on, like, uh, 12 Reasons to Die. Ooh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I just flashed back to that. I was like, holy shit, he's on this fucking Ghostface killer shit. And when his verse ends, that has, that's probably one of the best, most, Ah, I'm sorry. I know it sounds like hyperbole, but the pause where it just ends at the end of his verse and you're like, you've gotten so much. It's like, all right, this is an incredible song. And bitch, you forgot Kendrick was on it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Man. This was one of the best features I think Kendrick has ever been on. Yes. Such a great fucking story. Oh my so, god. Oh man. my god, go ahead. <laughs> Where okay, so we all know the trope of the oh I can get your girl, I can fuck your girlfriend. We heard it a million times. Yeah. Kendrick is the guy that Lil Wayne is talking about. Oh, you fucked with Kendrick. <laughs> oh my god. Woo! It was one of those moments of, like, I can't believe they've never done this before. Or maybe right. they have, but fuck it, this is the best one. This is the best way you oh can do it. Oh my god. The fucking part... <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say. Yes. When, when fucking, in the middle of Kendrick's verse, his girlfriend's phone, like, the girl's phone rings. <laughs> and you hear, Lickery like a lollipop, and he's like, is he on your ringtone? <laughs> Wow! Fucking oh, no! Wow! Oh no! And you hear the sniffs between, like, there's a certain part where it's like right between every, like, right before everybody who reps you, you're like, bitch, you gotta do it. I was like, oh shit! It's the fucking, yeah, it's like almost like the characters he was playing on To Pimp a Butterfly, like that half crying. Oh my god. Oh, so goddamn good. Like I said, after Mona Lisa is for me when the, uh, when the album took a turn. Uh, when, what about me? Especially after a track like. Mona Lisa, where. (laughs) Yeah, don't trust these hoes because this is what could happen to you. And then. But, but seriously, you're supposed to care about me, though. <laughs> well, what about me? What about you? <laughs> Fuck you. Like, uh, like... It just robbed Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this fucking pleading, 
Uh, I can, fuck that. Like the, No, I liked it. You like that one? Yes. I feel like this is one of the first tracks where he has showed true emotion. Not just wordplay, like actual emotion. I feel like um songs like Romance and Prom Queen. Those are songs like I'm trying to get my rock on, yeah. The prom queen and the, and that's romance and I'm saying all this corny shit and but it's not really like digging into, you know, maybe where I'm fucking up and maybe where the relationship is going wrong. It's just like, no, let's just dance and fuck and yeah. Nah. No, this was like actually getting into how he actually feels. But did he really go into that much of depth? I don't remember going him into like specifics. All I remember is him just being like, oh, how could you do this? And how could you do that? And all that shit. I love that though. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? So this chorus was way more fun than maybe I thought it was. Cause I, the way I heard it, the way they're playing it right now on Genius are saying, now you run around with him and him and him. And then how you do that? You oh, know, but it was like, but- you run around with him. And him and him and him and him. But I thought he was going like, now you're running around with him and then going, ahem, ahem. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, nah. <laughs> and then he ran around with him, ahem, ahem. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> there is that one-two punch of like, here's the guy who's maniacal and, and thieving and, you know, a cutthroat. And then it was like, he has his side too, where he's just like, I, well, it is hard for me to trust people. And I know it's really cool to see me doing badass shit, but like, this does come at the expense of like, you know, emotional availability. Uh, open letter. I just want to point out, I love it. I laugh every time when we hear a song where someone is supposed to be writing something and they're still scribbling with a pencil on paper. <laughs> like... Is that one of your favorite tropes? I remember they were doing that on the Wyclef album, and it was like, well, okay, that was 2000. Uh, Well, all right, it was 2007. That was a while ago. 2018, you're still writing with a fucking pencil on paper? (laughs) No, you should be hearing the typing, you know? I get that, like, it won't come across as well, like, like tapping on a screen might not, like, you might not know what's going on, or typing on a keyboard, though. I recognize that. Like, I don't think Wayne's writing a fucking, like, actually writing down on a piece of paper. What if the whole thing is, because the thing about uh, Lil Wayne is that he doesn't write his shit. Oh. What if this album is Lil Wayne finally just sitting down and writing? That's an interesting idea. Yeah. It's like, is there any word about that? I don't know. Mm, but it's no, like, I hadn't heard anything, but that's interesting. does feel like it is evoking a different energy that's still him, but way more focused. Now, I like it, though. It's it's like an open letter to his fans and family if he got killed. Like, it's almost a suicide note, but it's like if I was killed and not I did it to myself type situation. Well, it's at the end of used to. Where his mom is like, I didn't know if he was playing with the gun or if it was an accident. Because there's this, like, at 12 years old, he shot himself in the chest. Right. And for the longest time, people just kind of said it was an accident. What it kind of sounds like on this album was that it was a suicide attempt because his mom told him that he couldn't, like, uh, join whatever label he was trying to join at the time. And because... Because he was just like, you know, but I want to do music or something like that. Like, I, this is at least the way it's being characterized in this album. And it fucking works. It's absolutely incredible when it gets in the song. And then let it all work out. Yo, when he ended with fucking saying, 
When I see, uh, I saw Chili at the Floyd fight, I almost asked her to creep with me, but I was young and I held my tongue. But with that tongue, I just kept on spitting, so it all worked out. <laughs> I really like the last two tracks, but like, Problem, uh, Dope N-Words, Hitta's, uh, Took This Time, Open, uh, open Safe, uh, Start the Shit Off Right, Especially Demon, Dope mm-hmm. New Gospel, like all those I thought were super fucking weak tracks. Whoa! You thought that was all weak? No, hold on. We got to at least talk about Demon. That's the one I have, like, ranked as the worst one on the album. Uh-uh. When he comes in with that hemiola flow, because at first you're like, what the hell is he doing? Is he just rapping, like, out of time? But then when the beat kicks in, you're like, oh, he's doing the hemiola thing where it's like, da 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 as the beat's still going in 4-4, but he's doing in, like, 3-4. And I was just like, holy shit, that's so fucking cool. He was barely saying any fucking thing. He just repeated the uh, fucking demons and they demand, I demand. Fucking, like, he says the same shit throughout the whole fucking thing. That was just the chorus. Hold on. Hold but he on. repeats it, like, five fucking times. I really liked the beat. I thought it was I thought it was interesting as fuck. I liked the samples, but it just felt like it was fucking wasted because it was just irritating. He repeated so much. No, you're right. It, that chorus does repeat a lot. And it's like, and when we get the verses, the verses aren't that much different. Like they're not that great, really. Like I didn't think he was saying much of anything in that one. I could have done without that one entirely. Holy shit! Wait, does he repeat the verse? Oh shit! <laughs> I'm remembering that now. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I thought it was fun, though. All right. That's fine. I'm willing to write off something if someone thinks it's fun. Like, all right. If it was fun for you. I hated it, but that's fine. <laughs> no, I, I understand, though. Now that I'm looking back at, like, all the lyrics together, I understand, though. You're right. It does fun. God damn. But, dude, I don't know. I, I l- like I have nothing to say to this one other than I was rocking with the fucking energy and I was feeling it. I was just going to say, you are you were fucking really liking the album and he could do no wrong. <laughs> like, if the, you know what it is? I really do think, like, if this was the first song, I would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been a real shit way to start. <laughs> oh, wait. You know, okay, so when he says, uh, I took her demon by the hand, asked the demon, can we dance? Find her halo in the trash, but she don't talk about her past. Ah, well, yeah. It's it's okay. No, I was thinking about, there was another line. There was another line where he says, like, I throw her halo like a frisbee and it always comes back to me or something like that. But I was like, no, this song, never mind. I had some twos. I have three twos in a row with with, uh, Problem, Dope N-Words, even with Snoop, and uh, Hitta's. Oh wow, you weren't feeling that one? Mm-mm, no, I thought not even with not even with Uncle Snoop. He no, like he barely he. It felt weird because it it just kind of felt like one of the weaker. What the fuck is he even really doing here? Type oh, verses. Right. It wasn't a great chorus. I didn't okay. think. Let me throw this at you. He says, if loving me is wrong, I don't want to be right. Then bitch, you hating. I'm never wrong. One time I thought I was wrong. I was only mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, um, pull up on the off surprise party. Better get up and stand up like Bob Marley. I love that shit. <laughs> and then, uh, when he says, uh, yeah, we rich and black, nigga. And all them bitches been after niggas. They run away, then come limping back, nigga. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then don't, don't, yo, that beat switch up is absolutely incredible. 
I fucking loved it. The one thing I did not like was the team sport thing that I felt like got used one too many times. What was that? What, what was that one? Where it was like, uh, I ain't lying, slime, all my niggas balling, it's a fucking team sport. And then on uh, a couple tracks later on, start this shit off right where he says, Miami trying to fuck me with a whole team, that's a team sport. It's just like, ah, you can't use the same punchlines. I felt problem could have been scrapped. It was just kind of underwhelming. And it didn't really have many impactful lyrics. Those were the lyrics I was talking about! No. I, I The one I had written down, which was like, uh, was when he goes, Blunt Big, Big as Mama June, off the diet plan. And he used it a second time, and he didn't change it? Ah. Uh, like, he used yeah. the same punchline in two different verses, and it was like... Ew, why are you doing that? Like, you're not doing that bad of a job, but, like, little things like that, where it's like, hmm. And during hit is, is when I wrote down, it feels redundant after dope N-words because it was only a little bit more specific. It had a serious lack of good lines, I thought. Beat was only okay. Uh, album started out really strong, starting to lose speed as we're only halfway through. I get people have been waiting a while, so fans are likely to to not be overcritical and will be happy just to get a new album, especially one this long. But the album could have been shorter and better overall if subpar tracks were removed. That's what I think. Like, if he'd if he released shit more often, and this wasn't like a fucking long-awaited thing, I probably wouldn't be as hard on it. But like. Yeah, like, I get it. People are probably been like, man, I've been waiting a really long time, so they see how long the album is, and they're like, oh shit, we're getting a really nice long album, and they're gonna be happy with whatever they fucking get. I'm not a fucking Lil Wayne stan, so I don't really care. This is just another album to me. You know, this doesn't have any, like, sentimental attachment, so it's whatever. As someone who is not, like, a Lil Wayne stan, and I wasn't I wasn't there for uh, Carter 3 when people were digging that one. I thought that one was overblown. And then I thought Carter 4 was better. And then I feel like this is fucking him at the height of his abilities. And I agree. But it's only on a few tracks. Like, other ones, you just kind of feel like he's just kind of slacking. We're, uh, uh, on Hitters, he says, like, uh... Tell them, throw their pride out, roll the windows back up, money in the air. Who's saying white man can't jump? Catch that nigga laid on the phone at a yeah, gas I, pump. Yeah, I see what you did there. And then, what I love is, catch that nigga laid on the phone at a gas pump. Let me get the phone and the car once it's gassed up. That was fucked up. <laughs> no, get it. Wait till he finishes gassing up the car, though. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's so much ill shit peppered in the, the, the beats, which... While they sort of come off like Eminem via recovery, they're sort of like the oh. the blasted, you know, this needs to sound epic type of beats. I feel like they're more refined here. Um, I, like I said, I feel like Open Safe, that sounds like a hit song to me. Open Safe. Um, that's because of the DJ Mustard beat. Mm. But for me, it sounded like the most typical DJ Mustard beat. Like, I had to have heard this before. Or it's a fucking throwaway, like, it's only minor, tweaked. And I thought it just sounded like a weak freestyle. Wow, you didn't like that? Dude, when he said a new money, call it cake, fresh bake, nigga. Hungry bullets eating off your chest plate, nigga. I was like, ooh. Okay. And then he says, bitch screen when the dick was halfway in a... I was like, oh, shit. And then when he goes like, uh, whoa. He, like, stops for a second. He goes like, whoa, whoa, wait, nigga. And he goes like, I had to take a smoke break, nigga. <laughs> 
I'm not as amused by, like, the little things like that. It's, like, kind of whatever. Like, I get it, and it's fine. I don't hate it, but... When he says, uh, your bitch spent the whole day with us, if she opened her fucking mouth, knock, uh, knock all the white out, no racism. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. And then, uh, oh, and then he says, uh, but there ain't no code to break, nigga. I capitalize off my own mistakes. You a lowercase, nigga. <laughs> Come on, man. You're not feeling that energy? Not, no love. I didn't feel that, not so much. Oh, ooh, I see what you did there. I liked Famous, though. Yeah, that was an incredible track. It was a little somber, like, piano beat. It had this one really great lo- really great line, uh, can't talk to myself because mama said don't talk to strangers. Yeah. Oh, that was good. That was really fucking good. I didn't. I don't remember liking the chorus, but I really, really, really liked the verses. Which song was that one? Famous. Okay, uh, I can't remember which one it was. What was the one with Ashanti on it? Ashanti is on Start This Shit Off Right. That song really did sound like, you know, <laughs> kind of gave away the age of how long the song's been worked on. Because, like, this sounds like 2003, like, straight up Ashanti, like, in Ja Rule and shit. But he's rapping these super hard bars over it, and it's just like, but... It's like a shot to going, oh, oh boy, I love you. And this is like, he's like, yeah, I'm about to rip this fucking track up, motherfucker. It's like, uh, like this kind of throws it back to, you know, those, um, like tracks like Big L where they get a, uh, you know, beautiful girl singing on the chorus, but then the verses have nothing to do with it. It's just like the same, like hardcore rap shit, like uh, MVP, you know, it's like if rap was a game of MVP, you know, it's just like, all right, well, we have to get the cute girl on the track, but I'm still going to rap about the same shit. Like that's what it felt like the odd sort of disconnect there. The lyrics were still good, but it was just kind of like. Is this the track for that? Yeah, and it feels weird to get a big name like Ashanti. Like, it, this felt cheat, uh, cheat Cody, as you might say. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's barely doing shit. But you got a big fuck name like Ashanti just to just kind of do the fucking Haley Seinfeld or Steinfeld Seinfeld. Steinfeld <laughs> shit on that Logic song of just kind of like making noises in the background. Yeah. You literally could have got anyone to do that. Didn't have to be Ashanti. Yeah, exactly. That was just for the the aesthetic of having her on the track. Yeah. I really liked Mess. Mm. I liked I liked the beat on that one. It had like sweet sounding acoustic guitar that fit uh Wayne's more toned down uh delivery. Uh the song is a mess, but I like it. Like <laughs> it it works. Um what I say? Uh the chorus repeats how much of a mess his life is with the women in his life, but the verses go off on tears, rapping faster than most of the rest of the album. Yeah, yeah, it's like, he doesn't do a whole lot of, like, fast rapping, but he randomly did on this one. I liked it here. It felt like it had a purpose because yeah. he says, uh, my life is a mess of happiness, lust, sex, obsession, desire with no love. Like, it just, like, it goes, it goes, like, slightly too fast, and you're like, oh, is he messing up? But then when you hear that hit and it and the pause there, it, it impacts you a lot more than a lot of these songs of, like, oh, you know, can't find real love in the rap. I mean, we've all heard these, this type of song, you know, but oh, it's like, yeah. it's the way it's done that impacts you. When he says, uh, he does the same thing again, but... Every other time past the first time, he goes like, you know, the lust, sex, obsession, side with no love. And then he goes, 
but fuck it, more ones. You know, like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go to strip club and, you know, just get a hot chick, whatever. Like, I, I don't even care about it anyway. Like, that that felt like the, the sad sort of throwing it all away, you know, yeah. throwing away the effort of even trying. I, I really felt it, you know? Yeah, I liked that one a lot. Th- this felt like real gangster rap in the sense of it's not just the aesthetic of I'm fucking bitches and getting money. It's like, no, there's actual emotions for why I'm doing these sorts of things. Dope new gospel. Uh, I liked the beat on that one, but that was really all I liked on that one. It just kind of came off as a sloppy freestyle, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I remember not really caring for that one too, too much. Perfect Strangers. Uh, I thought it had an okay trap beat. Uh, basically the same overall message of mess but wasn't as impressive lyrically or aesthetically like we were talking about. Uh, I love the lyric where he says, uh, I'm not supposed to be here because love don't live here, but I'm here and she's here. And that's one of those really simple lines where it's like, I feel like it illustrates that dull, slow realization of loneliness. Yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, oh, this is it, right? But I'm doing it anyway for some reason. You know, I, I really like that. Yeah, I do. I do dig that. But it did end really fucking strong with the last two tracks. I really yes. liked Used To. Raw emotion. Great <sighs> lyrics. The fucking, if he dies, he dies. Ivan Drago <laughs> reference is great. Wait, wait, I gotta say, where he says, I used to smoke to get high, now I smoke to get vibes. I used to tote the semi, uh, still tote the semi. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, let it all work out. It's, it's like, very rarely do we review albums that actually end on, like, an appropriate track. Right! But this one, like, this is such a fitting outro. That is like, well, shit, the fucking let it all work out is such a nice sentiment that, yeah. like, I wasn't really expecting. <laughs> like, it's one of the right. better songs, but it's like, wow, okay. He's just, like, telling a whole bunch of, like, mini stories yeah. that, that, that all kind of fit together, including, uh, like we were talking about earlier, having uh, having shot himself and the whole story was fucking... Uh, TLC was interesting. I love, uh, I know, uh, going back to used to just real quick one more time where he has the line, says, oh my god, I'm flipping out, flipping out, the dipping out, tried to turn the fucking page, oh my god, I ripped it out. <laughs> <laughs> just the energy with which he did it. There's, like, there's parts on here where, where I hear he's being inspired by Kendrick in a way. Now, it really, really, really hurts me to say this, though. Oh, no that the average score didn't come out too favorable. My average score came out to a three. Wow. Mine, mine, mine was a five. And that sucks because there, I, I, mm, I can't. Like, the, the, the tracks that are on here that are really strong, I really liked, but there are just, they're outnumbered by a vast majority, in my opinion. It definitely would have helped the overall average if you would have got rid of some of those weaker ones, but... Yeah, but like with that said, I'm not that let that not take anything away from the really really strong songs on here. They are the best Lil Wayne songs I've ever heard in yeah. my opinion. It's just that there are just too many weak ones that it overall uh it hurts the overall rating. But it doesn't really mean shit, honestly. Wayne fans are going to listen to it regardless and the few songs that are on here that I really really did like you know, I'm going to remember those. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go, oh, that album was a three. Fuck it. You know, I'm not going to write it off entirely. But that about wraps it up for this week on the Going Off Podcast. Uh, big thanks to everyone who checked us out this week. And if this is your first time checking us out, 
All of our old episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Goin Off Podcast. That's G-O-I-N apostrophe off podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Check out our Patreon for a bunch of cool perks. And until next week for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm the Rap Critic. Tony, do me a favor. Will you please? Will you? Will you, will you do me a kindness? Please. Yeah. I think I'm going to be walking in and out if you're going to fuck up and i got to come back. I don't that make any difference to me at this juncture. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Tony. Don't slam the fucking door. No more. Listen, I've got to give a, a clue here now. I don't want any more bullshit any time during the day from anyone. That includes me. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. Want anybody yelling. We get anybody yelling around here anymore today, and then the shit is going to hit the fan.